Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Andrew Womack. Hello and welcome to our Wednesday Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. I'm Andrew Womack and I'm really blessed today to have Robert and Elizabeth Murin with me. And if you don't know them, you will get to know them today. We're going to be sharing some things, but they have just added so much to our ministry and to everything that we're doing. They're the ones that produce all of the uh, musicals that we put on here, so many of the dramas. We just had a Christmas party today with our students that was phenomenal. It was really good. And they oversee all of this. And I tell you, what a blessing that they've been. So we're going to be asking them a lot of questions, maybe things that you've never heard about them, but also after our first uh, 30 minute uh, dialogue, then we are going to uh, open up the phones and you can call and you can ask them questions. And uh, that'll really be good. And so Elizabeth is a uh, U.S. citizen now. She had a, uh, she was born, were you born in the U.S. or? No, I but was your born dad. in Honduras, but my father is an American citizen. Okay, but anyway, she, it, it's a, quite a story. We could spend 30 minutes talking about how she got her citizenship. Robert is a green card holder and working on his citizenship. And I tell you what, there's very, very, very few people you will find that are more patriotic than Robert. And uh, it is so awesome to have them come from these different places and, and they look at the U.S. a little bit differently than some of us do that have grown up here and taken things for granted. And, and there's going to be some great things. So again, if you want to call, the number is 719-619-2341. Let me just mention quickly that we have the Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference coming up and that's on January the 4th through the 6th. We'll be at the Renaissance Phoenix uh, Glendale Hotel and Spa. This is where we've been for quite a few years and we've had just some tremendous things happen there. And uh, you know, I, I guess I'm officially announcing this. This will be the first time I've done it publicly, but this may be my last time to travel and hold a go Gospel Truth Conference in Phoenix because we've got so many things changing in the ministry that are going to demand so much time. Plus, Jamie, she quit traveling a couple of years ago. She said she's through. <laughs> so <laughs> it changes everything when Jamie doesn't travel with me. And we've got probably a daily live show that I'm going to start doing and some other things. And I just literally am not going to have the time. And so I think I'm going to be focusing on things. So for those of you who like to go to a warm climate in January, that's the reason we go to Phoenix. Uh, this may be my last time to go there and hold a Gospel Truth Conference. And so we'd encourage you to come and join us. That's January the 4th through the 6th. And then I also have a stand, Foundation and the Called Church Service. This is Bishop E.W. Jackson's uh, ministry. And E.W. has been a board member on Truth and Liberty, but then he ran for president uh, in this last year. And when he did, he came off the board. He quit hosting Truth and Liberty but he ended his uh, 
presidential run because nobody gave him any credit. There was not a single news source that would even acknowledge that he was running. So I think he's going to be coming back and hosting with us again. But I'm going to be with him in Chesapeake, uh, Virginia, at the Chesapeake Conference Center. And this is on January the 27th. So any of you in that area, uh, I've never ministered in Chesapeake. I've been in Virginia Beach and some other places around there. But this will be the first time. You can go to thecall.org or to standamerica.us and you can register for that and get all of the information on that. And that would be a real blessing. We're also coming to Riverside, California in February. And I don't have that uh, details in front of me, but you can go to our website. And uh, that's the first time I've been back to Riverside, probably five or six years. And so I'd encourage you to come and be with us. Praise God. So this is Robert and Elizabeth Murin. You guys are just such a blessing. I don't even know where to start. We got, no. <laughs> we got uh, quite a history. So how did you uh, connect with my ministry? Let's start there. Um, we had some friends in Norway. We were living in this tiny little town and uh, they introduced us uh, to you. You were coming for a conference in Norway. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, after that, we started reading your books and watching you on TV. And I remember the first times I was, I was watching you that I, I was dizzy because you were totally messing up with the, some, <laughs> of the, some of the foundations of my belief. I grew up in a Christian home, knowing the Lord, baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was six years old. And I had a relationship with God. I knew God, but then uh, religion and all the, the things um, that we, uh, the church built our understanding on. Um, but then when you were talking, I just realized, you know, the Holy Spirit said, are you sure that he's the one that is wrong and not you? And then we kept listening to you. What did you think, Robert, when you first started listening? Did you have the same reaction? To me, you know, growing up in the church, I've been to like a thousand meetings and been in ministry for years and all of that, living in Israel, doing things. There was something that almost I was tired of, you know, quada quada, meaningless, whatever. So I remember actually having kids, uh, you know, I found an excuse to leave the meeting because I needed to go change a diaper or something. I think there was so much just plain and average, but then as our friends there kind of pointed us to you and we sat down, started watching you. Um, there was something about the way you taught the truth, the word that resonated with me that I found this, this is real. This is core. And you didn't have any bells and whistles and fancy production things. It was a very plain setting. And that was attractive to me. Hmm. Just the fact that you didn't try to gimmick anything around it, but you just kind of served it straight out. That was like appealing to me. Nice. And to see a grown man, a senior man, passionate and with conviction and with security, that was really what hit me. And I think like Elizabeth, her, one of her first seasick experiences was to be challenged on the sovereignty of God uh -huh. thing. So, oh, is not everything that happens, you know, according to what God has actually set up? How, how now, much part Elizabeth do we have? came from a, her dad. I met your dad and he's a great guy. Yeah. Has uh, homes for children and yes. he's, he's even won awards. Yes, yes. Uh, I grew up uh, in a missionary family. So, and my parents were the most incredible, humble, um, wholehearted people. They, they lived to serve God. 
Um, but when it comes to the, the sovereignty of God, I remember growing up and feeling that God taught me that before I ever heard you, but it didn't quite fit uh, where I was growing. But then when, when you spoke that, it just something, I, I felt that so many of the things that you were teaching, God had shown me through mm -hmm. my life, but I didn't know what to do with it because it was not the typical Pentecostal teaching. I've heard many people say that in their heart they had heard these yes. things, but they never spoke them and right. therefore didn't really embrace right. it because it just was so contrary. Yeah. Well, excuse me, what was your background, Robert? Were you Pentecostal? Or? Yeah, I grew up in a, it's called Pentecostal. It's more like an Assemblies of God type of uh, tradition in Norway. Um, yeah, so my, uh, yeah, as a family, we kind of lived in church. You know, grew up there, Sunday school, all the activities, all the social fabric of my life was attached, you know, being in church. I didn't have my name on the pew, but uh, it was close. <laughs> now, y'all were in uh, Christian school together, right? Is how you met, is that correct? Yes, we both, uh, we met as we worked as I mean, colleagues. Worked, yeah. yeah, we were teachers at this, uh, it's, a, it's kind of a Bible school context. It's about 100 students. Uh, it's a kind of gap year school that is a Scandinavian kind of class of school, mm -hmm. but it's a, uh, it's open for many different organizations. So many Christian organizations use that as their kind of framework to have Bible school and other things. So we met there. I was teaching sports and music and she was doing Bible and musicals, mm -hmm. teams. So you all got married, but then you went to uh, Israel. Yes. How did this happen? How did you go from Norway to Israel? It's a long story, but. Yeah. Well, it was, um, it was uh, God, when I was a little girl, I asked God, what am I going to do when I grow up? Where am I going to live? Uh, so I knew my whole life that I was going to go to Israel. I knew my whole life that I was going to do musicals and movies because I wanted to see people come to heaven. That is, that has always been my passion. So when I met Robert, I told him, you know, um, I'm going to Israel. I'm going to be a missionary there. So. Did you tell him that before you got married? Oh, I told him that, oh, that was before <laughs> we became friends. That was, I, I would you always You weren't even going to be friends unless <laughs> he was willing to do it. I guess you chased away. All <laughs> the boys. I always chased away the boys by saying that, sorry, I'm going to Israel as a missionary. So. So did you have kids when you went to Israel? No. No. Uh, we, got, uh, we got married in 1999 and uh, quit our jobs and basically put everything we had in a car and we drove through Europe and boated in to Israel. Wow. It was a journey that took us 11 days and it was awesome. Mm -hmm. But then we, we literally drove from, yeah, from Norway to Jerusalem mm -hmm. and just stepped into it. Did you know it. anybody in Jerusalem? No, you went no. went there we had, without knowing anybody? Nobody. Nobody. I mean, we had been there like wow. tourist visiting, but and you had traveled with a school group mm -hmm. and connected with a guide, tour guide, and he was the one that helped get an apartment yeah. just but, to begin with. But we didn't know anyone, but we knew that we wanted to work in two areas. One, we wanted to comfort, comfort my people. So uh, when I was a little girl and I saw what happened during the Second World War, I said to my dad, when I grow up, I'm going to do something good back for the Jewish people. So we wanted to help Holocaust survivors, but then uh, our main heart was to find a way of communicating the word of God to Israel today. Uh, and those are the things we did for nine years while we, yeah, kept having babies. So I know that you did musicals to be able to communicate the gospel because there was restrictions there. 
But uh, did you do any other type of ministry? It, was it all focused on musicals or? Yeah, most of it was musicals, but we also helped uh, some Holocaust survivors. We worked with um, a woman in Israel, a, Germ a German woman, beautiful Inge, that has a ministry toward Holocaust survivors. So we did that for a, for a season and that was amazing. How did you finance yourself while you were there? We were missionaries. We, we had backing from home. We were belonging to churches and had raised funds that gave us like so. a, a little support. So we, you know, we scraped by and came there and, but we had nothing. We didn't come to an existing organization, no framework, nothing like that. And they were saying, you have to have all, all uh, you know, this amount to be able to go as a missionary. But we were a bit rebels in that sense, because I knew, man, if we're going to wait to have everything in place to obey God, then uh, so, and it was amazing. God has always that been so That is phenomenal so faithful. that you would move to another country with no real promise of anything. I mean, people that promise to support you are notorious for not doing it very long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did no, you have we, any of that happen? Did all of your people follow through with their support? Well, it, it kind of, you know, it shifts. Some go and some come in and it takes a little bit of effort you know, to maintain and communicate and raise funds and inform people. So. We did that, um, and because of our, our stay in Israel, we, we didn't have any long-term visa. So a lot of times we only had tourist visa coming in, so we had three months. And then we had to invent a tour and come back in, so in and out, and or in and out. Or go to Spain for a weekend and come back. So it was very, very hard. And of course, with two and three babies and strollers and diapers and, and things. So you had two or three children, three children. while you were there? Yeah. How long were you in Israel? Uh, nine years altogether. So the three oldest ones uh, are born in Jerusalem. We kept having them because we, were, we needed baby Moses in the basket. So every time I knew... What a reason to have children. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. but it, it became an amazing thing. <laughs> we knew that we wanted to do something in this area of musical stage because we know it, it has an impact. It can just convey emotionally and connect. But we didn't know. We kind of left it as we left Norway. And we came to something that we knew nothing about. And there was no people. We knew nothing. But I remember there was like a millennial celebration and an organization called the Christian Embassy of Jerusalem had this um, uh, celebration uh, for the millennium. And we were sitting in this auditorium and our friend who became a dear friend, and you know him, Chuck King, mm -hmm. he was the one, the musical director, setting up all of this. And we were sitting in this auditorium watching him then setting up the Christmas story, the nativity story, the baby Jesus, the donkey, the shepherds, the angels, the whole thing. And we were sitting in the middle of an Israeli crowd of about 1,500 Israelis. And we just like, look at this. This is it. Here they are. They come. They want this. They see this. They love it. It's an amazing way to do it. So we started, we started basically in our little apartment and dreaming of finding something, some way, some story to portray how God is faithful, how they are not forgotten. God has something for you. So that became the beginning of the covenant. And the covenant is what actually connected me to you because you came to my meeting in uh, England mm -hmm. to a minister's conference and just gave me a little DVD of that. Mm -hmm. And I watched that and I was so blessed. I, I just thought, man, would they ever come to the States and do that? And so I asked you and you just came over here, what, one week, I think it was, before our Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And because we took Thanksgiving off, you basically were just 
uh, it was after Thanksgiving for what, two or mm -hmm. three weeks? You yep. put all of the costumes together, you put the sets together, you got our uh, students and staff and trained them and mm -hmm. in three weeks put yep. on what we now call God with us. Yes. 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 It was awesome. It was. It was an amazing experience. And we left thinking that that was it. But uh, yeah, but then we had to come back. But did you know when I just knew in my heart that, man, you guys, I just wanted you to be a part of what we're doing. And I was really scared to ask you because I was afraid you'd turn me down. Well, those who not, uh, don't ask, don't I receive. know, but yeah, I guess, you know, it's just insecurity, but I thought I hate to be turned down. Of course we do, but you know. But you know, the first time I, I connected with your ministry is because I was working on a movie script and we were working with people in Hollywood and I saw, we saw your programs like 17 hours a day, whatever we were doing. First, we, we watched everything you have. Uh, and then uh, you really taught me the power of the word of God and the sowing the seed. So after listening to you constantly, I just dive into the word of God and I was living only reading uh, the word. Um, and I was working on this script, this movie script. And I connected be because you always complain that why can't we do movie, biblical movies correct? I agree. Uh, and then, you agree with yourself. So <laughs> I wanted to give you the opportunity. So I kept writing to your, to your prayer minister saying, I really, uh, I know Andrew's busy, but maybe there are some other people in the ministry that could read this. And so, and I received so nice letters back. Uh, but the truth is I really wanted to meet you. Uh, so long story short, we ended up coming here to Colorado Springs, but I am not a very bold person either. I am shy, believe it or not. Oh, so. that, uh, that's hard to believe. <laughs> but mm -hmm. but I, I couldn't just come up here and try to see you, that's creepy. So, so what I, but what I did, is that I felt one morning God gave me the key and he said, instead of uh, writing, dear Andrew, da 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 da, uh, I, I wrote, dear prayer team, today I would love for you to consider if it's the will of God that you give the script and, and connect me with Andrew. So that day uh, I received a phone call for, uh, from Stephen Brantford. Yeah, and then, they gave that letter to me. Yes. And then I said, look, I'm too busy and I don't know. So uh, I told Stephen to do it. I passed yeah. it off to him. And you sent him and, and, and Daniel uh, Amstutz to take me to uh, Carries, to what is now to Carries, Woodland Park. to Woodland Park. And I remember driving up with those two gentlemen and they were talking and, and explaining when we came to the barn, and at that time it this was just... This is like 2012, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. There was nothing there. And it was, yes, it just was the, the basic, I think. Right, got gotcha. you. Early construction. Mm -hmm. The foundation. But when we drew r around that, something inside of me just told me, this is going to be one of the most important places in your life. I've never heard that, Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. There is so much you haven't heard, but... <laughs> that Did you know that God you. spoke the exact same thing to Stephen Bransford wow. when he walked in our little building down in Colorado Springs and he spoke the same thing to Carrie? Wow. And both of them are just major, major partners with everything we're doing. We're so stuck with all of us. Well, I love <laughs> And anyway, I remember coming out of making TV and you were in there talking to Stephen and I just yep. walked in and who yes. are you? And yep. that's the first time I'd ever met you. But when you came to that minister's conference in England, you gave me the covenant. When I watched it, I asked you to come yep. and it was so powerful. And not only the production, but the way you guys 
love people the way you can take people and draw things out of them. It is a supernatural anointing that's on your life. And so after you did that uh, God with us, I remember taking you out to the Broadmoor mm -hmm. and just asking you, what's your vision? Mm -hmm. And you wanted to not only do these productions, but you wanted to raise up other people who could do it. And I was just sitting there, all of my antennas were up, <laughs> thinking about Karis would be an awesome place for you to train mm -hmm. people. And yeah. so I finally mustered up enough courage to ask you if you do it. And I think it was just about the time you were leaving the stage, wasn't it? Yeah, what happened is we, we just had a loose conversation and you were very careful just, you know, but then we went to Honduras and on our way back in the airplane, I felt God said, okay, uh, a big change is coming. Um, and in one moment I knew you're moving to Woodland Park. You're, wow. you know, selling everything, taking the kids out of the school. And, and we were sitting in, we had, we had gone to Honduras and come back to Florida. We had a week with the friends there and we knew God has said this. We well, don't know. I, yeah, so yeah, I, I, mean, I, she, I, God spoke to her. No, no, <laughs> no. She, she wants to make it clear no, that God she needs spoke to, make to it her. Just, it's just a very cute, uh, right. a, a funny cool. thing is because I have learned mm. to not tell him that says the Lord. Because what will happen is even if I, my antenna sometimes, you know, hear it first, the problem is that if I tell him what God said, Afterwards, when it's hard and difficult, he's going to blame me. <laughs> you didn't want to take the rap for No. Him. So I said, God, you better tell him because this is on you. So God did. Amazing. This, uh, the same day. Yeah. And we actually, the children were small at the time, but we took Hannah and Isaac and said, guys, things are going to change. We are going to move to America. So and you told them this before. I yes. So we just, we just knew something's going to happen. So we went on Google Earth looking up Woodland Park. What is this place? How does it look like even? It's like, Ugh. but we knew it's now. Um, so we told the children, but again, we didn't know, right? We didn't know what land we were supposed to come to, but we knew. So we, in a sense, put motion to the boat and mm -hmm. began. Mm -hmm. But God said, before you leave the U.S., I will confirm this. So then after the week was over, we did like Disney and all the typical things. We sat at the airport and uh, the gate. Uh, just by the gate and it was like 20 minutes until boarding. And ding, there comes an email from Andrew Womack. And we probably have it somewhere, but basically you said uh, that you felt this is such a God connection and you would want, love to invite us to come. You would want to unite with us, to help us and to use us among the students and uh, you know, being carriers and all these things. So for us, it was just a confirmation. 20 minutes before you left. Uh-huh. Right. Good timing. Right. <laughs> and, the last minute. and it took us two months to wrap up our life in Norway. Yeah, seven weeks later, we were back. With four and kids. you moved into a little house that mm -hmm. we happened to have over here close to the thing. And it wasn't the best place, but it was. It, it was, was perfect. Hey. But it was, uh, how long were you in that little house? Six months, seven months. Yeah, eventually we were there a couple of years, actually before we moved on to next. But and anyway, we don't have time in this segment, but you know, uh, because of their immigration status, they couldn't get a loan, they couldn't own a house. And then uh, Elizabeth was coming back from Honduras and they were gonna expel her from the country because her visa wasn't exactly the way we thought it was. And not only were they gonna get her, they were gonna get me for hiring somebody uh -huh. with the incorrect visa. 
And uh, she prayed and turned yes. on her female charm. And no, got, I didn't. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> Probably and, wasn't uh, And got this guy to look up. And because your dad had uh, citizenship, mm -hmm. then you had a green card. Or was I it had had it before, but it, it was supposed to be gone 20 years ago, but it was still there. So, But the reason why it happened very quickly is God asked me, what can you believe me for? And then I, I, I really researched my heart to see what is the power that works in me. And then I said to God, God, I believe that I can walk out of here with permanent residency. And I remember I didn't even talk to the guy. I was just singing, you know, uh, singing to my heart, those who dwell in the secret place of the most high. I was just because the Lord told me, if you do not fear, only believe. So my only one job was to keep my heart from fear. Now they actually locked you up for hours yep. at immigration yep. and you were separated from, yep. uh, was it Evar? Evar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she was given uh, in her youth a green card, but then that's only been, that's only valid if you actually live in the U.S., uh -huh. but she never actually had residency and lived in the U.S. And then after 10 years, it kind of, it all expires. But even after one year, if you don't live in the U.S., it's canceled. But then when they eventually came around in the conversation and, and found out that her father's an American, these guys checked the computer and this residency was still there in like an active status. And now it's like, it's, yeah, but it was sleeping kind of. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they could, Inactive. and they stood around her. And they told me what to do and how to proceed and how to lie and to the system. And they probably weren't supposed to do that. Right. But also how to lie to the system so that I could get a new green card. Not lie to the system. Yes, kind of. No. Uh, what happened, they gave her a yellow sticky note. Where I have it, picture of it. And they gave the information she would need to basically apply to get a reissue yeah, of her green card. Yeah, I would have to tell them I've been here the whole time, but I never worked. And I, had, I had begun a process of filling out an application, yeah. but then there was like a few points that required full truth, right? Yes. And I couldn't, so we couldn't use that. So that initiative kind of just had to kind of wait. Then this situation happened. And, and so what that, turned out to be something that could have deported you mm -hmm. and right. caused big right. trouble turned out right. to be the biggest blessing. You got right. your U.S. citizenship right. and were able to buy a house. And I think that one of the That's biggest awesome. lessons I got from that is because um, the guy kept finding good solutions, but it was not the best solution exactly. that I had agreed with the Lord on. Mm -hmm. But he, I, he wanted me to compromise, you know? And I had to stand. No, that's not that's not the best thing that can happen to me. So, so I think that for me that was a great. That was lesson. a big lesson. Like like this this first application that we were filling out. That was the only opportunity we knew, and we kind of had to just let it go because we couldn't proceed that way. So it was like we had nothing, no way. But out of the most extraordinary circumstance, you know, God just showed up. And, and then they discovered it. that not only could I have res uh, did I have residency, but I had been a citizen since birth, like I had the right to be a citizen. Wow. So that was amazing. Well, that's amazing. So you are now a citizen. How mm -hmm. about your children? Uh, three of them are citizen. Hannah just became 18 and because of COVID, it took so long to process. So, but she is a resident and she's going to, in four years, she's going to be able to become a citizen. And that's the same with you, Robert? Yeah, I'm a green card holder, but because I'm married to an American now. Lucky you. Eh? I can uh, naturalize to become a citizen in just five months. Well, man, I tell you, you guys have been such a blessing to us here. I'd 
I just can't thank God or you enough. It's been tremendous. And for the, any of you that have ever seen any of our musicals, uh, it's just phenomenal what God has done through them. We've had, I've never been to Broadway. I've been over in England and I've been and seen, uh, you know, performances there. But people say that it's every bit as good as Broadway. Uh, and of course, the message and the uh, way that it touches your heart is a thousand times better mm -hmm. than Broadway. And they are just a phenomenal, phenomenal resource. Also, if you have never uh, been to one of these musicals, we have, how many of them now that we have videos for? Five. So you could get videos mm -hmm. for five of them and mm -hmm. you can go to awmi.net yes. and we have those available. Uh, and it's just, it's great. And I mean, you're cranking them out. You put out a bunch of new ones this year. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, we're out of time in this segment. We'll come back. We've got a couple of people on the phone, but if you want to talk to Robert and Elizabeth, the number is 719-619-2341. So let's take a 90-second break, and we'll be right back. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom, and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Hi, my name is Carrie Pickett, and like many of you, I wear lots of hats. But most of all, I'm a child of God. Ever since I was young, my desire has been to share the unconditional love of God. There is nothing more rewarding to me than people changing their lives and then changing the world. That's why I'm inviting you to join me wherever you are, and let's discover together these foundational truths that will transform your life. So you're back on Truth and Liberty live call-in show with Andrew and I've got Robert and Elizabeth Murin with me and uh, uh, we spent 30 minutes asking them some things, but I tell you what, their story is just, uh, it's miraculous. Some of the stories that Elizabeth has told about how God has moved in her life, we could spend literally hours talking about it. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. But we've got some callers on the line. We still have some open lines if you'd like to call. It's 719-619-2341. So let's go to Drew. You're calling from Colorado, and you're on Truth and Liberty Live with Andrew and Robert and Elizabeth. Hey, guys. Merry Christmas. Thank Love you. Story, Merns. Um, I hate to turn the, the, the conversation to politics after listening to all that for 30 minutes, but... That's no all right. There it goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Trump was taken off the ballot in Colorado. And now, I guess read in the newspaper that there's a lieutenant governor in Texas who wants to try to take Biden off the ballot in Texas. <laughs> so the question for me as a Christian and someone with a biblical worldview, at what point do you sort of 
you know, my, my, the principle that I go by is that any big issue, like the people should resolve it in a vote, in a democracy. Um, yet, I feel like we're in a civil war. I know that's a strong, I know that's a strong um, statement. Um, so then, you know, do you need to use certain tactics, even though you kind of almost disagree with it? Um, and, you know, that's, that's one example that is just, just hot off the press. But, you know, I mean, there, there are other examples where, um, you know, people, you know, at this point are, you know, they try to go after you, try to throw you in jail. They try to get you in trouble. They try to slander you. It's like, you know, what, what do Christians do in the face of that? Like, how, how, should, how should we, we see that? Well, Drew, let me start the answer by saying, first of all, I do not think this is going to stand. Colorado is one of the most liberal, not states, I don't think the people are that way, but the government is really corrupt. And I think that this is totally wrong. I think it is completely un-American and it will be appealed to the Supreme Court. And I just cannot believe that this will stand. Actually, it'll be like what Elizabeth was sharing when she was arrested at the border worked out for good and got her her citizenship. This is going to work out for good because they'll take this to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court will just squash this and this will stop this whole thing from having mm -hmm. to be repeated. If, if, if they didn't do that, well then there's other states that would do this and Trump would be fighting riding up, right up to the election. So I think it's going to work out. And let me just also say, Drew, that I know it's frustrating, but we can't resort to riots or to doing things out of frustration. We, we do have a recourse in this nation and this will be passed up the ladder to the Supreme Court and I don't think it's gonna stand, but uh, that's the reason we are here for Truth and Liberty and we are doing a lot of things. We put out millions of voter guides. I just had people on in the last week that have put out this new movie uh, that is challenging the school system and their transgender stuff. And we're doing a lot of things and it is making a difference. Mm -hmm. I think that this, this really, in a sense, shows how desperate the liberals are because this is radical, mm -hmm. what they're doing. And I don't think they would do it if they thought there was other recourse, but they are so afraid that Trump is gonna be reelected and come in and pull the rug out from under them, then in a way, if you look at it correctly, I think it's actually a positive sign to show you how that the left is just panicking. Yeah. What say yeah. you, Robert? Yeah, Rob, well, um, this idea of using the 14th Amendment, you know, to take down a, an officer or somebody in the, in the government system, it has never been used. It was, it was made for the Civil War. It was intended to kind of keep some generals and others away mm -hmm. because they had violated stuff. Now, they tried to pick up this thing and kind of redress it up in a new fashion and just instantly stick it on and say, Trump is guilty of X, Y, and Z. But he's not. There's no court, nothing has been adjudicated. It is not established. So somebody here in Colorado, because of their personal opinion, political opinion, take that issue and try to jam it in and stitch together a narrative. And now it's going through courts. And I'm listening to Jay Sekulow's program, and he's one of the lawyers uh, working for the GOP in Colorado. So they're gonna appeal this, and it seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. This cannot stand. It's just a political stunt. It's, a, it's, it's actually a tragedy for American democracy. It is. The, the Democrat Party likes to say that, oh, it's a danger for our democracy but they conflate democracy with 
the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they kind of are dishonest in the way they portray this because this is the most undemocratic and un-American approach. Imagine any banana country, right, that just say, oh, I don't like this candidate. Let's yeah. take him off the yeah, list yeah. of their party. I mean, it's such an overreach. Plus, the whole thing about the 14th Amendment is somebody practiced insurrection, which Trump has, ne like, as you said, has yeah. never been adjudicated for that. Plus, a lot of the new uh, footage that uh, Mike Johnson released shows that the uh, FBI, they have now shown that there are FBI agents among the crowd that were inciting this riot. They showed the campus police welcoming people in and stuff, and their whole narrative has been blown apart. Hmm. So I don't think that there is any merit to it whatsoever. No. And it's a tragedy that people would even try something like this. It's really bad. Yeah, but no, it's we, like they, they are creative and they try to come up with these traps all along. But uh, I, I hope it's going to get 9-0 in the U.S. Supreme Court. And I tell you what, Trump, I believe if he, you know, I think that Trump is offensive on so many levels. And I know some people that won't vote for him just because they don't like his personality. And I can appreciate that, but I don't know anybody else who yeah. would be mean enough yep. and tough enough to fight this stuff. And Trump made mistakes the first time he was elected in, he was naive. Think, I even heard him say one time, he was used to dealing with the mafia. <laughs> he had never dealt with Democrats. <laughs> he had never met people. He said the mafia will keep their word. And I think he was naive, but he's not naive anymore after yeah. going through all this. And when he is reelected, I think he's going to clean the house. And they are scared spitless. Yeah. I mean, they kept quiet for a couple of years until he said, I'm going again. Mm -hmm. Then they started and they had planned it. And case after case after case was just launched, launched, launched. So they're trying to just drown it out. And um, now I hear the kind of narrative spinning and it's like, it suddenly appears like this new theme. Now, they love to compare him to Hitler because there's a word here and a thing there and a something. And in Norwegian media as well, and here in the, in the liberal news, they stitch this thing together yeah. and want to begin to move it in that direction that he's similar to the Nazis. He's going to be a dictator. He's going to be so and so and so. And it's just so dishonest. Well, you know, I'm not near as offensive as Trump, but yet people take my words all the time and say that I'm going to take over and we're going to do this and that. Yeah. So yeah. Now, there's okay, a lot of noise, you know, so uh, people like this issue, I think it's going to just dissolve itself. And as you said, it may actually work for good because uh -huh. once it's settled for one, it's going to be settled for all states. So, Drew, thank you for your call. Don't lose heart, brother. I believe that God has spoken to me that we're going to see things turn around. And as a matter of fact, if you were to get my December newsletter, which you can go on our website, I've actually got a word from the Lord, a prophecy in there about don't be discouraged. Don't be like Elijah saying that I'm the only one. There's still millions of people that haven't bowed the knee and we're going to see things turn around. So just uh, keep the faith, brother. We're, it's going to work. We've got lines open at 719-619-2341. Let's go to Marcia calling in from Washington. You're on Truth and Liberty Live. Marcia, are you there? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, um, I, uh, my question is, what do you do when a child has betrayed you and joined with um, 
his associates and and friends and influencers and you feel like he's not only trying to scar your character but he's trying to he's not only trying to murder your character you think he's capable of taking your life as well physical well marcia there's no way i can answer that question without knowing the situation so anything i'm saying here is going to be <clears throat> very general because uh you know, you don't know, I don't know if that's your perception, if it's actually accurate, if the guy is just blowing off steam. I don't know. But let me say that I've had two children that have <coughs> rebelled at Jamie and me big time. And uh, they've done things that cost them prison terms, three and a half years in prison. And we just kept loving them. And uh, anyway, I don't want to go into details because I don't want to slander their character. And they're coming around and God has restored our relationship. But I think probably anything that's happened to you has probably happened to me. Hmm. And I just had to keep loving them and keep my eyes on the Lord. And <clears throat> I don't know for sure that the way they turned out is my fault. You know, God is a great father and he had two kids that rebelled at him. But I don't, uh, I don't deny that it's, you know, failure on my part. And so I've just asked God to forgive me for anything that I've done and I've received that forgiveness and I'm keeping my relationship with God going and praying for them. And uh, Robert and Elizabeth know my kids and they, they're a uh, work in progress, but they are in progress. They're coming around. And Marsha, I think that that's all you can really do is just you go to the Lord and if there was anything on your part that failed, you just receive forgiveness for it and praise God, there's plenty of forgiveness. And then you walk in love towards them. Now that doesn't mean that you let them take advantage of you. If you feel that this threat against your life is serious, well then you may have to put some limitations and say you aren't welcome as long as you're threatening my life or slandering my character. And you may have to put some limitations, but that doesn't mean that you don't love them and that you don't continue to pray for them. What would you guys say? You've been super successful with four kids. You got four kids that really love hmm. God. Yeah, I, um, I think that love covers a multitude of sins and mistakes. I, I remember when I was having children, I was so afraid, how am I going to do this? How am I going to lead them? And, and um, at the end of the day, they have free will. At the end of the day, we all have to choose. Um, and when I don't know what to do, I follow God's lead. And I, I treat my kids like God treats me. And one of the things that God is so good at is, um, you know, the, uh, the, he sets me free. I am free. I make my choices. Um, so, so that has worked with our kids. We love them. We set them free. And then I think it's very important too that, um, that you uh, trust in God. You put them in God's hands. You cannot save them. You cannot change them. Uh, I believe that if they, uh, if you have done what you can to, to, you know, share the Lord, then they have the free will. And what you can do is pray because I tell you, prayer will hunt them down. Prayer never dies, but prayer will follow them. Only like mercy and goodness will follow them because of you praying for your child. Yeah, I think Andrew, you gave a very general, very well answer, you know, because we don't know the situation specifically, but in general terms, you know, 
Um, depending on how the relationship is, it's an adult child, um, but it's a child. And you may acknowledge something has been wrong on your end. You can ask God for forgiveness, but even humbling yourself to your child and asking that person for forgiveness and stay humble that way. That has an amazing ability to restore. Um, I remember, I don't remember which one of my kids, but I think I had overacted, overreacted, done something, been a little bit too harsh. And I humbled myself to one of my kids and said, I'm so sorry, can you forgive me? You know, even though it's a child, child, but that has, it just diffuses the issue and um, there's power in that forgiveness. And, uh, you know, one thing that I think parents make a mistake on, and that is that they sometimes uh, just feel that that's my child and I don't care what they do. The door is always going to be open. I'm always going to help them out. And I think that's a mistake because you have to cut the umbilical cord. And it sounds like Marsha has an adult child here that's doing things. And I remember uh, my oldest son, I won't tell you what he did, but it was really, really bad. And I just finally told him, I said, that's it. Till you get your attitude straight, you aren't welcome to come. And for uh, two Christmases and, and one Thanksgiving, he wasn't welcome. And he would call every time and just scream and yell. My other son would get on the phone and try and calm him down. And anyway, after I think it was a year and a half, he finally came back around and he was changed because he realized he couldn't do stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that parents sometimes, uh, in a sense, uh, enable children to do this, especially like they go get in trouble and you're always gonna bail them out of jail. You're always gonna give them money. You're always gonna say you can always come home. And sometimes you enable that bad behavior and you have to put limits sometimes on relationships. And that is not a lack of love. Sometimes it's the very best thing that mm -hmm. you can do for people. So mm -hmm. anyway, Marsha, I hope that helped. I don't, uh, I, again, without being specific, I don't know that that was exactly what you needed, but that's the best I could do, short notice. We've got just a few minutes left before our next break, but we've got Gladys uh, on from Georgia. We still have some lines open if you want to call 719-619-2341. So Gladys, you're on Truth and Liberty with Robert, Elizabeth, and Andrew. Hello, Brother Andrew. How are you? I'm blessed. Good to hear from you, Gladys. I remember meeting her when I was in uh, uh, Georgia. She came oh. to my meeting, got to meet Gladys. She's a great lady. <laughs> Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Murin. How are you all doing? Good, thank you. We are so happy to be here. All right. So, Ms. Muren, I have heard some of your testimonies about your relationship with the Holy Spirit. It is a unique relationship that you have with the Holy Spirit. How do we hear the Holy Spirit as clearly as you do, please? And if you can pray for me, I really would appreciate it. Amen. Oh, oh that's beautiful. Um, well, I think that you need to spend time with him. Um, that has been one of the main things in my life. I grew up in a home where I was, um, my parents were busy uh, serving God and they were the best parents. Um, but I remember uh, going to Sunday school and hearing, if you speak to God, God will speak back to you. Five years old, I totally took that to my heart. Um, and from that day on, I would go put the bed cover over my head and I would have conversations with God. 
Um, and I would walk around holding his hand and he became my best friend. And I believe that that is the reason why God created you and me, because he wants to have relationship. He wants to sit with you and laugh and talk. And I don't think uh, that he only wants our boring prayers, not that our prayers are boring, but he wants to know what you think and he wants to enjoy life with you. So I have been doing that my whole life. Uh, I have learned to hear his voice. I have learned to step and do the things that he asked me to do. Um, and uh, is the best thing. The other thing that I think is very important besides knowing the Holy Spirit that is always with you is to, to know the Word of God. The Word of God is uh, the two-edged sword that will divide uh, between soul and, and the spirit. It will help you understand what is God and what is your emotions. So knowing the Word of God, you will understand who He is. You will understand the way He thinks and He speaks. And that will always uh, give you clarity. Uh, so read the word and just let him, let him charm you. Let him spend time with you. And when you talk to him, shut up for a little while and listen to what he's saying, because he, he reminds me all the time, could you please now be quiet so that I can speak? So I just think it's treating him as you want to be treated by the one you love. I think it's also important knowing her and knowing how she senses inspiration or leading. Um, one of the key things that I think lined up with Andrew's teaching, you know, where the desire of your heart goes. Uh, for her, I sometimes see her kind of being in one direction and then there's a turn and suddenly her interest, her, her, her fascination with a topic uh, goes in a wrong direction. So f f pay notice, you know, to where your heart draws you um, mm -hmm. he wants to show you something. He wants to, that's the light that he kind of points for you to show you where he wants you to go. But also daring to believe that what you hear mm -hmm. is him. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, you can see the tree moving in the wind, right? You don't see the wind, but you see the movement of the leaves. You see the movement of the branches. When he moves you, when you feel a leading and urge a factual information or whatever, that can be his leading in you and take steps, baby steps, to test it out and walk it out and try it. So let me amplify on something that Elizabeth said, but she didn't say it in these words, but when she was five years old, she heard that God will talk to you. Mm -hmm. And she just believed, a little child. And that's the problem is that we are too sophisticated. We try and figure things out. God speaks to every one of us. John chapter 10 says, you're my sheep. And you hear my voice, and Gladys, I can guarantee you, God is speaking to you yes. every single day. It is never God that's not speaking. It's us that's not listening. And the vast majority of time, it's because we've complicated things. We're waiting. We are so skeptical. We have to have proof that yes. this is God. But we can hear the devil real easily, and we don't have to have five confirmations that it's the devil. We yes. just follow it. So really, a lot of it is the fact that we are just so sophisticated. We mm -hmm. think things through. Yeah. And I think that's why God chooses weak things, base things of the world, yeah. uh, to, because it's easier for us. It, one of the things the Lord has been telling me uh, lately is, Elizabeth, make the walls between your soul and your spirit thinner. Amen. Um, 
And, and that has so much to do with the way we think and, and with what, fill, what are we filled with. So filling ourselves with the word of God and the understanding of who he truly is, I, I think that that is so important. And then know that he speaks through your, um, through, through your thoughts. So many times people are expecting to hear this great big voice and, and that's why we're not able to perceive it because he uses everything to communicate with us from a beautiful sunset to a, a song passing by. He will use any opportunity and he will meet you where your faith is. So just open up the senses of your spirit, make your soul thinner <laughs> so that you know, and even make, let it crack so that the spirit can flow uh, to you. You know, I've got a teaching now that one of the things I teach is people are expecting God to speak to them from the outside mm -hmm. in and say like, Robert, do this. But the way God communicates, He communicates directly with Robert's spirit. Yeah. And it's just intuitive. It's impressive. It's impressions. Mm. And then when it comes to Robert's mind, it's not God said, but His spirit says, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And if you aren't careful, you'll think that that's your thought. But it's not your thought. Exactly. It was God that put those uh -huh. thoughts there. He speaks to us in the first person, not the third person. Yeah. And if you aren't, uh, and, and the way you judge that so that you don't just take off and do your own thing is you have to know the Word of God, just like Elizabeth's saying. So you take these impressions, you take these thoughts, and if they line up with God's Word, and that's a big mm -hmm. if, mm -hmm. well, then you take that as this yep. is God. Yep. If it violates God's Word, then it yep. wasn't God. It's either your flesh or it's the devil. And sometimes I think what, uh, what is a stumbling block for us to understand God and His love is exactly that, that we don't understand how valuable and how much He loves us. So, so that's why it's hard to even think that He would take the time to communicate with me. Um, but one of my favorite things is, um, you know, when you hear people that have had experiences, they died and they had a, a experience, um, so many times they say that there are no words needed. Mm -hmm. In one, uh, not even second, you know all things. You know, the spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us. He knows all things. And um, so many times in my life, in one moment, I know. I know a situation. I know a solution. Mm -hmm. and, it's and I know right away. It's absolutely not me. Some of these songs and stories, I just absolutely cannot take credit. I'll take credit for the not so good parts, <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, but all the knowledge and understanding lives inside of me because He dwells in me. And if we could start tapping more into releasing and seeing and, and feeling with our spirit more than with our heads, I think that our, our life could be so much more blessing to others. I had a man that died during my service in Kansas City in 1980. It's one of the rudest things anybody ever did in my life. <laughs> and they just drug him out in the hall and they asked me to pray for him. And I kept, pre we prayed, but then I kept preaching anyway. He came back from the dead. But while he was gone, uh, to what you were saying, he, he, he left his body and he could, he was up on the ceiling and he could see people around him praying. Wow. And then he, he had this thought, he says, am I dead? And instead of words coming to him, he just instantly knew that my people don't die. They just transfer. Wow. And every time he had a thought, 
he would just immediately know the answer. Mm -hmm. And it was, I guess, you know what they call telepathic. I hate yeah. to use that word, mm -hmm. sounds weird. But you just yeah. intuitively know things. And it's the same thing now. Yeah. God speaks to our spirit. Yeah. And it takes faith for us to believe that this is God. Exactly. Just do it speaking. Yeah. Awesome. Hey Amen. Well, Frank, you got a very good question, but you know what? We're going to have to save it for the other side of the break because this is going to take a little bit of time to answer that one. But we do have some open lines, 719-619-2341. And let me say to Gladys and anybody else who'd like to know, I just put out a little booklet this year entitled, Four Basics to Hearing God's Voice. I think that's the title. It's either Four Basics or Four Steps to Hearing God's Voice or something like that. And it is really powerful. Uh, it was supposed to be a replacement for how to hear God's voice. And I actually think it's better. It was really good. So uh, <laughs> we have that. It's just a little booklet. You could get that free and you could call in. We have people standing by at our phones. 24 hours a day, and it's 719-635-1111 is our helpline number, and you could call and you could get that material. You can also call that number and receive prayer. We have people there that are waiting to pray with you. So we're going to come back to Frank on the other side of the uh, break, but we do have some lines open if you want to call, call and talk to Robert and Elizabeth. It's 719-619-2341 is the number to get us directly here today. 719-619-2341. So let's take this break, 90 second break, and we'll be right back with your questions. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. All right, we're back on Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. I'm Andrew. I've got Robert and Elizabeth Murin here with us. And, and man, they are just such a, such a blessing. It's awesome. We've still got some lines open, 719-619-2341. And I really encourage you to call and just take advantage of these uh, two right here. They are anointed. And um, man, I believe that you could draw some great wisdom out of them. Uh, with your question. So let's go to Frank. You are from Missouri. And Frank, you're on Truth and Liberty with Andrew, Robert, and Elizabeth. Uh, appreciate it so much. Uh, were, were you in chapel this morning uh, preaching the, your one time of year, uh, 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 the he healing school that with uh, Pastor Ar Ar Armand? 
Was no, I, I wasn't. Uh, if you saw me today, it was taped. The only time I spoke today was at our uh, Christmas party for our Caris Bible College. So everything else you saw was taped. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so my question is, uh, I'm just so excited listening to, to, to these leaders and and, uh, and you, Pastor Andrew, that uh, in the... the it's, it's not a wonder why you, you you are who you are, and 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 the blessing of the anointing and having anointed people around you, you know, all the time, in spite of in spite of a family. Uh, so, anyways, my question my question would be, uh, 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 you know, you already have in a measure addressed it. You know, so how do you distinguish between when it's you or or, or, or the Holy Spirit that is bringing the correction or whatever to your children or to, uh, yeah, to you know, just in general, just people, people around you? That's a great question, Frank, and the answer is right here. Mm -hmm. if, you, if what you feel impressed to do, whether it's correction for children or ministry to somebody else or whether you think you feel the leadership of God, you go to the Word of God mm -hmm. and you check it out. Mm -hmm. And if it matches the Word of God, then it's God. I guarantee you, your flesh, your natural self is never going to choose God's way. So if you, like say for instance, somebody spits in your face. I had this happen to me one time, spit a whole wad of chewing tobacco in my face and it just ran down my suit mm. and stuff like this. I can guarantee you my flesh didn't want to say, oh, God bless you, brother. <laughs> That's not my flesh. My flesh wanted to put this guy's lights out, but I knew what the Word of God said. I knew that it says that you have to forgive. I knew that Jesus said to the very people that were crucifying him, Father, forgive mm -hmm. them. And I immediately had that thought come up that I'm not going to let this stop me from telling this guy the truth. And I just wiped it off and kept talking to him. And I knew that that lined up with the Word. I knew that wasn't me, and so I go that direction. So really, you have to know the Word of God. Elizabeth talked about this earlier on hearing the Word of God. But it says in uh, Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is quick alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. That's the soul is the natural part of you, your personality part. Spirit is the born again part of you. So the Word of God is what divides between soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So this is how you do it. And it really is that simple but it's not simple if you don't know the Word of God. Another verse that I use a lot is a scripture says, let nothing be done with malice. Mm -hmm. The word malice means intent to hurt. So there are times that you need to rebuke a person. There are times you need to be tough with a person and tell them the truth. But is it with malice? Do you want to hurt them? Do you want to get even with them? If, if you do, it's never God. But if you tell a person the truth, I don't care how straight it is, how strong it is, if the reason behind it is, is because I love you and I want you to know the truth. Well, then see, that's doing it without malice and that conforms to the Word. And so you go ahead and follow that. That's, this is how I check everything is by the Word of God. Totally agree. Um, check with the Word of God, know the Word of God. And I also think it's so important that you walk and do what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. And um, 
You have to be wise. You have, you, the Bible says, ask for wisdom and you will receive. Uh, but how many times have I felt that God has said something and how important is it to walk and, and, and do what God is telling you to do? And then you will have experience where you realize, wow, this was God. And that will give you an encouragement. And you know what is going to happen? You are going to get more out of the way because I think that we doubt so much because we're so self-centered and, and we just uh, get so focused on ourselves. But I believe that if we would start to live more for others, we would start listening more to what God is saying because how many times in my life have I been a blessing because I dared to step out and do what God was showing me and telling me. And one thing that is very important for me, when God speaks to me, he can be firm, but he's always loving. He's always kind. He's always merciful. Um, and if he is wanting me to give something or say something, um, I can be sure that is from him when I have the desire to be kind, to be merciful. And sometimes being merciful is not just saying quara quara or saying what other people want to hear. Being truly merciful and loving is speaking truth in love to other people. But I, I want to encourage you, learn to walk and step out. When God says something, do it. Even if you think you may, it makes a fool of yourself. The recompense uh, for yourself and for other people is amazing. And it is training. Amen. Yeah, and it's also, you know, to let the Word of God, don't just go visit every now and then, but let the Word live in you. And, you know, the parables of the sower sowing the seed, the seed can be choked away by these other things and outcompeted if there's cares or worry or all kinds of things. Get that away out of your life and let the Word fill more. And you'll discover that the Word itself begins to speak. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go look and try to hear God and then go check it. But the Word yes. begins to put light and, 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 and tell you things. And there's a scripture in the Psalms that says that the sum of your Word is truth. And it's not enough just to have a little fragment here or a little part there. You know, Jesus was tempted by the devil and he used fragments of truth mm -hmm. to kind of put Jesus into a corner. So it's important to dig in and, and have a healthy diet and, and, and take in the whole counsel. And it's like the steps on the ladder that Andrew has spoken about. You, you need to grow in the maturity of knowing the Word, mm -hmm. but you'll discover that the Word starts speaking louder and louder to you. Another thing that I think is important is do not try to take Goliath down before you have killed the lion mm. and the bear. And I think that uh, so many times we don't know what the power that works in us is because we don't dare to walk the walk and we don't dare to be obedient to God in the small things. But I think that it's super important that we understand um, the measure of faith that works in us. And to do that, you have to step out. You have to um, obey God in little things. And then when you, uh, let's say God tells you, go and give this $100, no, $99 to this person. And maybe he says 99.5. And you may think, oh, why is that important? But then suddenly you obey, you do it, you discover, wow, I was listening to God. Then next time he speaks, you're going to have a boldness that comes from a different place because you killed the lion and now you're ready to kill the bear. And when you have killed the lion and the bear, God is going to put you in front of Goliath because he knows, um, he knows what 
lives in you. Uh, the other story that also speaks to me so much is Abraham. I don't think that Abraham, uh, God asked Abraham to kill his son because God was doubting what was in Abraham, Abraham's heart. But I truly think that God needed Abraham to know what lived in his own heart. Uh, and we need to know that uh, because knowing that we are going to be able to walk uh, and, and know exactly, you know, um, the amount of faith that is working in us and then we can receive more and more. That's very good. I agree with every bit of that. Let me also say one thing that I've learned is that uh, I used to worry about if this is God speaking to me and if I say or do this, what's going to be the result? And I tell you, you are going to miss God if you try and figure out what's going to happen. Like what Elizabeth was saying, what if I say something and it isn't right and you start thinking about how they would reject me and you just have to forget all of that yep. stuff. It was the uh, John Quincy Adam, the sixth president of the United States that said, duty is ours, results is God's. Wow. And I've just learned to say and do what I believe God is speaking to me and forget what the results of it's going to be because Satan will always make you dread the worst results and it will hinder you. <laughs> One time I was talking to a guy and he was just poured his heart out and telling about what was wrong and the Lord spoke to me and said, he's what's wrong <laughs> and told me some things about him that I knew it was true, but I thought if I say this to this guy, he's going to hate me. And while I was debating about should I say what God is saying to me, the Lord just spoke and He says, you have no right wow. to reject the truth for that man. Wow. If He's going to reject what I'm leading you to say, then you let Him have the privilege of rejecting it on His own. But don't you reject it for Him. And that put things in a whole new light that Powerful. when God speaks truth to us, if we are afraid that people may not receive it, well, then we've rejected the truth for them. You know, right here at this table on this Truth and Liberty broadcast, we've been censored on YouTube so many times and kicked off, and they threatened, uh, if you get kicked off, I think it's three times in one month, they won't let you back on. And they came to me and they said, you're going to say something. You just said something. Should we edit this? Because this could be, uh, they take you off of YouTube permanently. And I said, well, that would be me self-censoring. Mm -hmm. I said, if they censor me, let them censor me, but I am not going to self-censor myself. Wow. And we've got to do that. We've got to get to where we have enough confidence that we're hearing from God, and then you step out and you quit worrying about what's going to happen. And what if that was the last chance people have? Yep. You know, uh, I was in an airport in Norway one time, this beautiful woman sitting beside me. I looked at her and in one moment I saw two pictures, a grandmother praying with a, with a shawl and a very flowery gown. And the next thing I saw her trying to commit suicide. And I haven't even said hi to the lady. But then she started talking so talkative and then she went in, fell asleep in the airplane. So I waited for her outside in the airport and I just knew I have to talk to her. Maybe I am the last person that could reach her. And that's why it's important that you get over yourself. This is not, this is, I love you, but this is not about you. We have been blessed. It's beautiful to hear the voice of God, but that is not there just for you. So anyway, long story short, I waited for her outside, super creepy. 
I invited her for, uh, to have coffee with me, and we had a conversation. At that time, she was the girlfriend of one of the number one politicians in Italia. She was a model. She was so, and she kept saying, I'm so lucky, I'm so lucky. And then first time she, she took a breath, I could speak and I said, you are not lucky. You are blessed because even if your grandmother is dead, her prayers are hunting you wherever you are. And this woman just fell apart and told me how she grew up with her Pentecostal grandmother and the last words grandma said to her, honey, even if I die, my prayers will follow you wherever you go. And then I told her, I saw you trying to commit suicide. You need to stop that. You need to turn back to God because he wants you. And she ended up coming to Norway and spending a month in Norway receiving wow. the Lord. Wow, so that's awesome. Your, your revelation from God can save and will save life today. So get on it. I tell you, God is speaking to us all of the time, but very seldom are we listening and then bold enough to act. Amen. That's just awesome. Praise God. Let's go to Robert in Florida. We still got some lines open, 719-619-2341. We have 17 minutes before the end of the uh, program. So if you'd like to talk to Robert and Elizabeth, uh, please call 719-619-2341. So Robert from Florida, uh, thank you for your call. You're on with Robert, Elizabeth, and Andrew. Uh, Merry Christmas to Robert, Elizabeth, and to you, Andrew. Merry Christmas. Thank you Merry very Christmas. much. Yeah, Mike, after hearing all this, I'm trying to get an understanding of hearing God's voice and understanding the nine gifts of the Spirit, you know, in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. And is there a way we can uh, link them together by hearing God's voice? Can we, can we like, um, see, uh, like, a magnification or an increase of... Uh, understanding of the nine gifts uh, if we ask for them. And I'm, see I'm seeing our men's group, a lot of people are, are like open to uh, seeing the power of God flow in the men's group through the gifts just demonstrating themselves. And I think we get still, we listen to God and something's happening and it's really good. And I'm just wondering if there's a way we can like turn up or amplify the, the power of the gifts that the other men are looking for through hearing God's voice. Is that, um, can we, is that a practical? Well, let me start with, let me start answering this by saying, I don't think you can separate the gifts of the Holy Spirit from hearing his voice. Uh, personally, I operate in some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and I can't even imagine doing it without hearing God's voice. I mean, it's God that speaks to you and then it manifests through one of those gifts. Let me real quickly just give you the very first time I really saw the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate through me. I was still in the Baptist church, but I had been baptized and the Holy Spirit was speaking in tongues and I was coveting these gifts. And so I went to a Baptist encampment and I was praying and saying, Father, I believe that during this, you know, week at this camp that I am going to hear your voice and I'm going to start operating the gifts. So the very first night, it was in a tent. There was a thousand people there. And this boy comes running to the front, just screamed in front of everybody and fell on his face and, oh, Jesus, forgive me. And he cried out for salvation and everybody was just clapping. And I sat there and I thought, that's as phony as a $2 bill. At that time, they didn't have $2 bills. <laughs> they do now. And anyway, I thought, well, that's a terrible thing to say, think. 
And my next thought was, I thought you wanted me to speak to you and show you the gifts. And I thought, could this be God? And so I didn't know what to do with it, so I just sat on it. And I just started thinking, God, is this you speaking to me? And the next day, I happened to be talking to a girl who her parents ran that camp. And she said, did you see the guy last night? And I said, yeah. And she said, he does this every year and he's a dope dealer and he comes down here and acts like he gets born again and gets to meet people. And then he starts selling dope and we have to kick him out every year. So the next service, he was down at the front at this altar praying and just crying, drawing people's attention. And I went down and put my arm around him and I said, God showed me that you aren't really born again, that this is all false. And the guy got mad, stood up and rebuked me in front of a thousand people and just walked off. And I thought, well, that didn't go very good. (laughs) But did you know, as I just knelt there at this little prayer bench, uh, I looked up and here he was around the corner of the tent motioning for me. And he came and I, he says, how do you know this? And I said, God spoke to me and God told me this. And he says, I need help. And anyway, I got to cast the demons out of this guy and the guy got born again. And once I knew that that was God, it's like you were saying, once you do it, you get to where you start recognizing Mm -hmm. his voice Mm -hmm. versus just your own Mm -hmm. thoughts. And so you, you can't separate the gifts of the Holy Spirit from the voice of God and the more tuned in to hear God you are, I believe the more you will operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yep. I mean, and that, you know, you could kind of categorize it into a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, but in a sense it floats together. It's this unction, the, the oomph, the impression. And you, it, the most important thing is what, what fruit is of it. You know, not necessarily what label is on the specific gift, but it's more like a dimension yeah. of the Holy Spirit. And I think that the gifts tend to function in groups. Like for instance, if you get a word of knowledge, that's what I had, that this guy wasn't real. But then a word of wisdom is what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes you can have a discerning of the spirit and you could discern that something is wrong, but then you got to have a word of knowledge. What is it that's wrong? And then a word of wisdom, how to apply it. Those things tend to group together. Faith and miracles and healings tend to group together and speaking in tongues, interpretation, etc. And I would say um, seek uh, the the giver and not the gift, you know? Of course, all the gifts are there because he wants to, to give us. But I would say, get to know him, uh, live with him um, and he will give you, he will give you what you need every day. Um, and, and it can be different things, uh, different days, depending on what you're doing. So I would just say, totally embrace he who gives the gift. Amen. Well, you know, we don't have any more callers at this moment. So let me take this opportunity to ask you guys to share about the third year program that you direct at Karis. What is that? And maybe some of the people watching could benefit from this. What's happening in your third year program? Wow, uh, it's uh, amazing. It's incredible. I am just so blessed and I just keep wondering what is it going to happen when I see the caliber of people that God is sending? I am called to reach the lost, uh, uh, but I am also passionate about shaking people in love to discover who they were created to be and to get over um, so many obstacles. I just feel like we spend, you know, we have a time here on earth, some 120, some 70, 80, 90, whatever, you know, the time uh, you want to be here is. 
Uh, and that is amazing. We are here for a short time, and one day when we are in eternity, we're going to, you know, look at our time here uh, and realize, oh man, what a waste of time, what a waste of a life. Um, so my biggest passion with the students is I want people that love the Lord, that love the Word, and that want to fulfill the purpose that God has for their life. Um, so we have a film and production school, and the point is not the talent. The point is not the dreams of, of being on a stage with the lights. I am truly one of the most artsy people. Like, I don't care so much for art, but I absolutely care for giving people a, a taste of Jesus that is enough to transform their lives and bring them to heaven. So we have film and production school. We have uh, five different tracks. We have the writer track, we have the film track, we have the children curriculum development track, we have the performance tracks, and then um, we have the, the production and set design. So what we wanna do is that we wanna create an environment where students can come and they can learn. Number one, they are gonna learn to know God and hear his voice. Then they are gonna learn to die to self um, and understand that uh, if there is one thing we can boast about is our weakness because his strength is, is, is shows through our weakness. His grace is Let enough. Let me interrupt for just a second. What you said is so important because she's one of the most talented people. We've got some of the most talented people around. But she's teaching them not to be promoting themselves, dying to themselves. Most yeah. actors are divas, <laughs> and it's all about them. And you are turning out people that are using their acting ability to glorify the Lord and yeah. not themselves. And yeah. that's as rare as hen's teeth. Yeah. And, uh, and it's amazing to see the results. People are incredible. And I see it again and again. If you want to be promoted, you become the servant of all. That is what I love to be here. And I will follow Andrew wherever he goes. Uh, because I believe that is the true humbleness that will make you stand up and do what God created you to do. Uh, so many times people are so focused in who they are, what they can, what they cannot. Mm -hmm. uh, people have excuses. Oh, my life was so hard. And man, get, uh, I love saying get over that and, mm -hmm. and get your thumb out of your mouth and grow up. I, I learned that from Andrew. But I do believe that when people um, learn to understand that we already got it, that everything that I need to do what he created me to do, I already have it. And when we step into our destiny and when we start doing the, the hardest work, the simplest work, and we do that with excellency, uh, you will see how God is gonna promote and promote and promote and, and he will put you in the position that he created you uh, for. So right now we have 53 students. Last year we had around 26. So we doubled and I am believing for Ooh. doubling next year. Who, who, where are we going to be? <laughs> but I, I have to put you outside. <laughs> this is a nice room. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. And, and you know what scares me? It doesn't scare me, but it, it takes my breath away mm -hmm. is seeing how I have lived a long life um, learning and learning and working so hard to learn each thing. And I believe that with the Holy Spirit and YouTube, there is nothing we cannot learn. Um, and here they come 
And there are people that have never uh, written, that have never t uh, used a camera, and it's like in three months they know more yeah. than me. And they are better than me. They can stand on your shoulders, right? And that's the whole point of this place, that you're able to tap into, you have walked the walk and you have you had to digest and learn and you have the ability to share it and people come like ready for it. And it's also the, the environment, you know, it's not a diva factory. There, there's Ooh, no, no, it's like, so the, the, to detach from yourself, but be a part, be a member on a body. Yes. Be a part of something to make bigger impact. And I think that is what people also experience a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, let me been... brag on you too, just a little bit. You probably wouldn't say this about yourself, but I've sat in on many, many rehearsals and stuff. And you have an ability to draw things out of people that they don't even know that they have in themselves. And uh, I don't think it's just a, a skill that you've learned. I think it's an anointing. Mm -hmm. It's on your life. And I could give a lot of examples, but I remember one time Chuck, the man that you mentioned in Israel, that he had had some problems and mm -hmm. had some things in his life. And he was playing Peter and he mm -hmm. was going through and he was not, he was acting, but he wasn't mm -hmm. really into it. And I remember you just stopping him and Chuck, have you ever denied the Lord? And Man, he had, and he broke down and started crying. And I mean, every time he would do that scene after that, it'd bring me to tears. Yeah. And you just had an ability to draw this out of him. Mm -hmm. And you do that with every single person. You guys are just talented and anointed. But you know, it's also love. When people are not dependent on their skill or their performance or the, it's more or less irrelevant because there's another focus. It sets them free. Mm -hmm. It really is more than you guys. It's mm -hmm. God in it, uh, your 100%. life. There is an anointing of God on your life and people see it and you have tapped into it and you learn how to wear it to where people can see it. Yeah. And it's I awesome. And I think that uh, people long to be part, uh, they long to find their purpose, they long to find their tribe. But I also think that people are sick and tired of uh, we Christians, we are so lazy, you know, and um, the world when they want to do You're something. You're speaking about somebody else, not, not this woman. No, no but, but I you tell know. you what, she, it's unbelievable. But, I, I, but you know, we want to drive through results. We want to drive through Christianity. We think that because we have God, we can go the shortcut. We don't need to work hard to make things nice and beautiful and excellent. We, um, the world, they have to fight. They are ambitious. They want to be the best. They have to be the best. They are not counting on a God that will provide and, and fulfill everything. Mm. So they have to use the God-given will that they also have to do it. So sometimes I feel like we absolutely do things so mediocre when we should be the ones that do everything we do best with excellency, because not only can we learn and work hard, but we have the power that raised Christ from the dead living in the inside. And so you model that for the people that you minister to and they pick it up from you. I remember that during some of the scenes that they were shooting, they had these guys that were playing guards and they were not wearing any shirts out in 20 degree weather at night. And they were for saying, hours. and they were saying, 
Thank you so much. This was the best day of my life. Man, I just—I don't think I could get people to do that for me. But uh, Elizabeth can nearly get anybody to do stuff. She's been after me to be in these productions, but she's going to fail on that. Wow. But other than me, she's been able to get every single person to do stuff. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, it's well. self-centeredness, Andrew. <laughs> No, it's, I know where he, my place is. <laughs> no, honestly, the way I, the, I could do stuff. I wouldn't mind sure. doing stuff like that, but it's that I'm on the stage all of the time. Yeah. I draw people's attention towards me. If I yeah. came into your musical, everybody would be going, <laughs> so, we have, we have Photoshopped Andrew into one of the pictures. Well, but you did that without my permission. Yes, yes. we did. And but it's still hanging up. You didn't there. like that we gave you a too big of a belly because you <laughs> But anyway, uh, you guys are just such a blessing. Mm. If you haven't gotten any of their musicals, we also have a book that they produced to go along with The Heart of Christmas, and uh, it has the story of the fourth wise man in it. Has, that's one that they photoshopped me into. But you can get this book. You can get, what, five different musicals that they've produced, and uh, I would encourage you to do it. We had Jesse and Kathy Duplantis got the heart of Christmas, and they said they've watched it three or four times that they've never been touched by anything like that. And it really mm -hmm. is anointed. And so uh, I encourage you to get that. You can go to our website, awmi.net, and uh, we have all of those things there in a store, uh, and it would be a real blessing to you. Also, if you've been touched today and you just feel like, man, I need... I need some help. I need to be like that to where I could hear the voice of God and you don't know what to do. Uh, we have a helpline that's open 24 hours a day and we've got some of the most anointed people mm -hmm. on the planet that are answering these phones. And you can call 719-635-1111 and people can pray with you. They could give you that little booklet that I just produced this year on four basics of hearing God's voice. And we've got all kinds of things. Any way we can help you, we just want to be a blessing to you. So thanks to Robert and Elizabeth and to your whole family. We could talk about every one of your kids. Your kids are awesome. <laughs> they are awesome. And uh, they're, they're taking on a lot of the things. And ISAC is now di di directing some of these things. And it's just awesome. But praise God. God is good. And these are some of God's best blessings to me. I just appreciate them. They've increased our ministry so much. It's been awesome. Thank you for joining us. Remember that we do this every single day from 3.30 till 5 Mountain Time, and we'd love to have you join us. So God bless you. We'll see you again tomorrow. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty Livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.